Hey everybody, it's Ron from the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast Network, here to talk to you today about SpinWiz Comics. SpinWizComics.com is an indie comics discovery platform. It's designed to help comic book readers find new content, with over 60 publishers and over 400 different comic titles to choose from, and growing every week. Most of the content right now is free to read, but there are options available to purchase PDFs and support creators you read the most. And right now, as part of the promotion, IB Comics is offering the first four issues of Grace, free to read. And for all you music fans out there, the first 28 pages of Legba's Juke Joint, Volume 1. You can read all of these for free at spinwizcomics.com. So if you're a content creator out there, check it out. It's a no-hassle platform whose core goal is to help with awareness, to essentially take your comic book and put it out there for new readers. It's as easy as uploading a couple of PDFs, toss them into a Dropbox or Google, and within a day, your stuff will be online and available for purchase or for new readers to check out. SpinWizComics.com. Check it out today. walked by a person on the street and wondered what's their deal or, or been curious about what it's like to be a policeman or a musician or, or even just young well, welcome to my life app a podcast that delves into the comedic lives and experience of normal people it says hey tell me about your life All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to My Life As. I'm Ron Miltz, your host. Uh, I've got a special guest for you today, um, a friend, uh, 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 somebody that I consider a good friend at this point after I've known uh, Devon for a few years here. Uh, and actually, before we get too far, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Devon Glover, also known as the Sonnet Man. Oh, really? Shakespeare to hip hop. So, so you're the Sonnet Man. So tell me about being the Sonnet Man. What's that all about? I take Shakespeare's words verbatim as if Shakespeare was a rapper and I turn his his work, his poetry, his plays into a musical. Uh, so he sounds like an MC. And then I uh, actually modernize it, translated Bridging the Gap from the late 1500s to 2020 to from the UK to Brooklyn to all over the US now. Nice, man. Nice. So. So were you born the Sonnet Man or was there a story? Like, how did that happen? Like, did you come out and your mom was all, Sonnet Man, this, you shall, you shall always speak an iambic pentameter. Uh, I, I wish, like all, uh, all MCs, we, you know, grew up the fan as a, uh, grew up a big uh, rap fan, uh, had a desire to rap. So what generation are you part Like, how old are you? Oh, I'm 38. So you're 30, oh, so. Oh, the 90s. I am Wu-Tang, Jay-Z. Uh, Biggie, my favorite rapper is Redman, uh, De La Soul. Really, Redman? Yes. Ah, oh, that's like I, I mean, I could go with Meth Man, but Redman. I mean, I, that's well, fine. Wu, like, I said Wu Tang first. I, I feel you. you know, Wu Tang's for the kids. Wu-Tang's I got you. For the children. I got you. Yes, All yes. Right. Nah, it's anything with a message. Uh, Eminem, very lyrical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, my discard, my uh, catalog for rap is just it's unlimited. So. I can only imagine. Oh, so, yeah. so what? So, okay, so. You're obviously uh, where you're from, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. I mean, you can hear it in your voice; like yes. it's very obvious, right? Sorry, Brooklyn, USA. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brooklyn, USA. You don't claim New York. I, I claim New York, but you know, Brooklyn, we we're our own entity. You know that. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, you're from New York, so you're a big Yankees fan. Huge. No, no. I am diehard Mets fan, Yankees hater, but it's okay. It's all love. Most most people from New York like they ride with the Yankees. I go with the underdog. Shout out to the Mets, nineteen eighty six. 
I was alive. I saw y'all win that championship. You, you were like one. Like, <laughs> like I was there, but I learned. No, actually, I was six, and I cried but until the um, the ball went but went under Bill Buckner's leg, and I was like, "Oh, we have a chance," because I thought we were gonna lose, and I almost I cried. And then my grandfather said, "Don't go to sleep yet. Don't go to sleep yet." And yeah, two two days later, game seven, we won. There you go. There oh you yes. Go. So you're from New York. You're yes. a young man. Yes, I am. How do you discover Shakespeare for the first time? Oh, uh, the first time I discovered Shakespeare, I was a senior in high school. Uh, I was in an English honors class, and I was given the book King Lear. Um, wow, your teacher must have really hated you. Like, like he hated all of us. We all like, failed. Yeah, I mean, um, but how do you start somebody? You go, I'm going to introduce Shakespeare to you. So I'm going to give you King Friggin' Lear. Like, I'm not going to give you, like, Midsummer, like the no. most popular Shakespeare play imaginable, or King Romeo Lear. and Juliet. I'm going to give you King Lear so you can hear about Gonorrhea and Reagan yeah. and, like, all this shit that nobody cares about. So. After growing up, you know, reading uh, Steinbeck and Morrison. We thought we thought the AP class, we thought the honors class was going to be a cakewalk, and he gave us this book. We never witnessed any type of Shakespeare in our life, and we just uh, learned about this thing called the internet. And um, <laughs> we were, you know, we were looking for scholarship money, and we used that time to look for um, scholarships, and just said, you know, since we're no, since we don't need this class to graduate. I'm not going to read. You and I use the internet for very different things when it first came out. Very different things. So. Oh, I was I was trying to hustle early. You know, I was I was trying my best. You okay, know? good. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So you get King Lear, mm -hmm. and you immediately fall in love with it, or no, I did not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sound. I felt like I got, I got a little evil right there. <laughs> no, okay. I did Be not. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Um, failed. Uh, went to school with a with an ambition to write. Um, and my first class in my freshman year, I had an English class and the syllabus said I had to buy two Shakespeare books. I don't even know the name was the names of the plays, but I know it said Shakespeare. And I was in the middle of a lecture hall and I got up in the middle of that lecture hall and I left that class. And then I walked to my advisor and then is this I, high school or college? This is college. My oh, first shit. my first uh, English class in college. I was going to. Uh, do something with journalism that was gonna be a minor. And I decided, nah, I'm not touching Shakespeare. What is the one subject that I will not see Shakespeare? So I have a math degree. <laughs> yes, I teach math. So. You wait, you have a math degree? I have a How math do degree. I not know that you had a math degree? Yes. So I, what what was your degree? Was there a focus for you? Are like you? No, I was focuses um, in squares or circles. Or? Oh, I I can do calculus for. I can I can teach you math that has no letters or numbers. It's just Greek letters. Just so you know, uh, calculus. I I went to college. Uh, and I took calculus, even though I did not have to, because Stand and Deliver is one of my favorite movies of all time. Stand at home. And I just wanted to do calculus. Oh my <laughs> just, God. that's all I want. I'm all, if, if Jaime Escalante could teach these wonderful kids to swim in the ocean and do calculus, I too can do calculus. And I got it, my lowest grade in any college class I got was calculus. in calculus. Okay. Yes. That, that just my love for <laughs> Jaime Escalante kept me from graduating uh, magna cum laude, just so you know. Okay. But I digress. Let's talk more about you. So. <laughs> Don't worry, calculus uh, kept me from doing any magnum cum whatever. It was <laughs> math was not the easiest subject, but it was it was easy for me. And there was no Shakespeare during my college career. None. So, yes, none. So literally, you get introduced to Shakespeare for the first time as a high schooler. Yes. 
you hate it so much that you avoid it for in your entirety of your college career, which I can only imagine was and most of my adult life. Too. I was going to say it was no less than seven years knowing yes. it. <laughs> oh, college. Uh, I think you can add another year. I, I took a couple couple breaks. Well, I'll let you know. I, about hey, man, that. I was on, I was on the six year plan as well. Yeah. So don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, but so. Um, so what brings you to Shakespeare? Like you've obviously did not like it. So what mm. drug you to it? It's like a little, it's basically a butterfly effect. Um, I didn't graduate on time, and uh, it was was due to finances, uh, surprisingly. But um, when I was trying to get a job, I was my music teacher. Out of all out of all professors in uh, the school I went to, my music professor kept in touch with me, made sure I was uh, earning income because I was trying to find a save, trying to save up. Started uh, homeschooling, homes homeschool teaching a young lady. Um, she was not a fan of teach of math, so I began putting uh, songs into. I, I began putting our um, our work into song form to teach her about fractions, how oh, to well, add. Well, you can't just walk away from it and not give me an example of your song form that you would teach math about. I mean, that's not fair. Oh, you gotta. I'll give you one about it and I gotta remember it now. I gotta <laughs> this was the age is kicking in now that I know so many sonnets. I got you though, I promise. But uh yeah, we were talking about adding fractions. Uh this actually, you know, while trying to while trying to uh find a way to, to get back into school, uh off of this this website we found called Craigslist. <laughs> Uh, found a company called Flocabulary. Uh, once again, you and I were using the Craigslist for very different things. Okay. So that's very different things. But go ahead, continue okay. on. <laughs> so yeah, I found, <laughs> I found this company called Flocabulary, who at the time they were only two dudes, two uh, Blake and Alex. They were uh, chefs at a restaurant in San Francisco. Tried to wanted to open up this wonderful uh, business of using rap to educate. I found them on Craigslist, telling them that I can rap and I can put stories to, to music and make it sound cool. And they kept me on the catalog, so I began writing songs for them for vocabulary, like songs about the five W's. Now, songs once about again, I, you can't mention this and not do something for us. Do you have a little something for us? So, um, well, I do assemblies for all <laughs> grades, all years. And if I'm doing an assembly for a, a group that's maybe under... 10 under fifth grade. Sure, sure. I would ask them about what are the five W's that you know. So, and usually when I used to, you know, work with classes and teach classes, I would teach them chants. This is one of the chants that I teach my students uh, who, what, when, where, why. Those are the five W's, no lie. Like I usually have them chant that. So I have little raps like that. Sure, sure. Um, oh my gosh. Point of view. Everybody wants to know the point of view. First person is me. First, second person is you. Third person is he. Third person is she. Everybody wants to know the POV. So I like just different, <laughs> different little, uh, you know, little catchy tunes to 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 uh, mnemonically teach my students while they, you know, they think they're not learning anything. Um, I that's the trick, though, right? Oh, you yeah. always want to convince them that they're actually learning something, yeah. even though like oh, yeah. they don't want to learn. You just mm -hmm. like you backdoor it. Every time, oh, yeah. every time. I, I must say, I had a uh, love for teaching because I was basically taking care of my younger brothers when I were. My mother took care of us, but I was the father figure of my younger brothers. And Are you the oldest. I'm the oldest, and I was able to teach my love them to death. If they hear this, they know this. I love them to death, but they were not the easiest to get. You know, they were not the easiest to 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 to, to live with. 
to, to work with. And I was able to teach them anything from chess to basketball to sports to math, making sure that they, you know, we know how to rollerblade, know how to do all types of stuff that, you oh, know. All the important things. All the math, important things. Rollerblading. Rollerblading, video games. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, NBA Live, we, we, I told them everything. WrestleMania. But uh, yeah, I, I told, and also I told them how to coach. I taught them how to teach and how to take care of our younger you know, our younger uh, relatives and the fact that they, they you know, actually had common sense compared to, uh, you know, the people in our neighborhood. I thought I, I can teach, you know, they they actually gave me the confidence that to to actually, um, you know, try to teach, become a become a math teacher um, from there. Uh, well, that was kind of, you know, rewind. But after helping out these students with vocabulary through vocabulary, um, I found out that my younger brother was going to school. It's just it's all it's all going to fit. It's all going to fit. <laughs> I mean, I believe you. I don't lie. I it's found, your story. I found out my younger brother was going to college. Um, he was, but he would have the red shirt, and we would have to take out loans. And Ooh. I was already taken out of school because of a loan. And I decided to move from uh, Ithaca, the town my school was in, back back home to help my brothers out. Um, from there, I was working at ABC Radio. And um, I was also writing for Flocabulary and um, still trying to find a way to teach, still trying to find a way to get my degree. And I, nothing was happening. What were you doing for ABC Radio? I was literally calling. I was calling uh, record, la- uh, record labels. I was calling radio stations, telling the, the program manager to open up the box and plug in the satellite. So really exciting stuff. Really exciting like stuff. Next level. They gave me, they gave me six months to, 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 they gave three people six months to call um, 6,000 uh, stations. We did that in two months, and they kept us for another year and a half. I, after we were done, I got paid for 20 months doing nothing, sitting in this cubicle. Still the highest the highest uh, salary I ever made in my life, but it just wasn't what I wanted to do. I was sitting in this cubicle wanting to teach. I would, I would actually I would work 10 to 6, Go to the stu- either go to the studio and record for vocabulary, or go out of state and perform in a contest or rap in a studio, shirt and tie, everything. Blow blow these these rappers out the water. Let them know that I don't play. So do you have an MC name at this point? Oh, I always went by. I went by Terradome. It was a. Uh, I, I went by uh, real quick. Uh, I used to be devious. Um, the play on Devon. Uh, then the Fugees had a music video, Killing Me Softly, which is around my way. We were getting autographs. Lauren Hill said, I did not look devious. I was a chubby person. So then I had to change my name to Terradome. <laughs> Terradome, uh, one of my favorite uh, rap groups is Public Enemy. Welcome to the Terradome. So it's an acronym. But then when I started writing for vocabulary, it couldn't be Terradome. So I changed it to T-Dome. Take the error out. And it doesn't sound scarier. It doesn't sound, you know, scary. I mean, I so. kind of, I kind of dig Terradome. It sounds I love like Terradome. a, it sounds like a Mad Max rapper. Yeah. Like you'd be like driving in like the wastelands, like mm. dropping bad beats, you know. And there'd be oh, a dude I was, with a guitar and flames, and I, I love it. Like I was a beast. I was a beast. You know, for sure, for just, sure. So how old are you at this point? 
right now. Uh, During, at this point in the story, when you're Terradome. When I'm Terradome, well, I was Terradome all throughout my 20s. Okay. So I, I would say I stopped, this might have been like 27, okay, so 27, 28. Is yes. about the time you stopped working at ABC? This is about the time I stopped working at ABC. Okay, yes. so weirdly, we still have not reached the point where you have oh, I'm selling found you. Shakespeare. Oh, let me tell you. All right. I'm just Yo, amazed sorry. by it because how old are you now? 38. So in, in less than a decade, you not only fell in love with Shakespeare, but you are who you are now. Yeah. So you're 27. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're coming back to work to help your brother out. You're math mm-hmm. teaching, mm-hmm. Uh, working for the kids thing. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Okay. So I, I quit ABC radio because I just could not do it anymore. And I just couldn't stand it. I need to find something else. So while I was trying to teach and take any job that I can take, uh, I was still writing for Flocabulary, and I was performing with a band. Uh, the mother of a bandmate uh, saw me wearing a Flocabulary shirt. Came like you to wore it to a gig? You're like, this. I, Straight from the studio. You're just like, I'm about to rap, but this is the children's thing that I do oh, on the this, side. I went straight from the studio. It was like, we have a show. They can call me. When, it, when you're in your 20s, especially in New York, you got to be on call. You got to be available. That's the best That's the best ability. Availability. So if an MC is, is sick, you got to have your bars on deck. You got to be ready. Every day was, I, have my, I have like three or four bands that always perform. They need vocalists. So I, got, I did a big show in Manhattan, and I came straight from with Flocabulary on. And uh, a young lady, was my, my bandmate's mother, said, can you help out my class? I heard you write for Flocabulary. If you, uh, can, if you help them out, I'll give you, give you some money. Um, but if they don't pass this class, they're not going to graduate. And she started crying. Holy shit. You're Jaime Escalante. I'm trying. Uh. <laughs> this is like, you literally are like, calculus, but you're about to do rap. Go tell me It more. was calculus because it was calculus to me. And this is me. I was hustling, word hustling. <laughs> so I would say yes to any job that was asked to me. And she said, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Of course. And then uh, a week later, two weeks later, she sent me the book. It was Othello. I was like, ooh, okay. I mean, at least it's better than Lear. You got that going for you. It was you. better than Lear. Um, but, you know, I picked up this book, and I'm like, fine. Hither. Th- what am I going to do with these students? But um, me being a math geek, the reason why I mentioned math is because I noticed that every line had the same amount of syllables. Oh, and, the, and what is that called for our— Well, some, <laughs> there was some that was in—mostly Shakespeare usually writes in iambic pentameter. Explain what that is. That is, uh, each line has ten syllables. Where they, um, each syllable, they adjust being unstressed and stressed. So it has like a heartbeat rhythm. Da 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 da. da, da. So that that <laughs> being quick. So a line is like, uh, shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Okay, all right. So something like that. It has every line has this, has this wonderful rhythm. I noticed that that Othello had a rhythm. Then I noticed that there was a few rhymes in there. Um, like the ending of every scene, it seemed like Iago was plotting. It's like, oh, he's a little gangster rapper in him. You know, he's a little, <laughs> little gimmicky right now. So I, that's where the, the math and the little rap biggie, right? Little, little biggie, right? A little biggie, a little biggie, biggie on the side. It, it reminded me, it was a little, I was like, okay. And then, I, so then I started saying it out loud. It started sounding cool. But then I realized I had this wonderful movie called, oh, on uh, this thing called the VHS, <laughs> and um, uh, for, for the listeners at home, a VHS is a I don't know some what the sort H of I don't know if that's a video <laughs> set system. 
I don't remember. remember. It's been a long time. There were cartridges that went into the slot and then movies were magically on them. So yeah, I don't know. Anyways, keep going. The VHS, so I didn't realize there was a hip hop, there was a high school version of, oh, so I already knew the story of Othello without even reading it, but it got me more interested to reading Othello. When I started reading, I said, okay, I know what I'm going to do. This was for a school in Brooklyn. Um, Love my Brooklyn students. They will always be number one for me. They have no filter. (laughs) <laughs> no filter, high school students. And before we, a uh, friend and I, we went and we went to the, the school, went to the school. I said, we just want to rap it. Before we even got introduced, there was some, there was some uh, students saying, I'm not going to read shit. Like, they was like, I'm not picking up shit. I don't care. The teacher already told me that they were leaving their books in the classroom, not even bringing it home. So uh, we, we had a double period. I said, all right, everybody take out their, take out their books. Open up to act one, scene one. We're going to start this. And um, we started, we rapped it. But we, we set it in a rhythm because not everything, it didn't rhyme. But since it, had, since it was in verse and it had a meter to it, we just, we just set it in the rhythm. There were some parts that we, we had to shorten it, so we summarized a couple of parts. And then um, we, did this, we did this play. And at first, the kids were looking down. They were looking down, just depressed. Then they started looking up, started bumping each other like, oh, like what's going on here? Like, I, this is not school. Like, this is, this not is something school. different, right? But then it made them pick up their books. When we were done, uh, again, I love my students. I got no applause, no nothing. But one kid said, I could write a better rap than you. He didn't, I was like, it wasn't my, wrong, my song. You know, I was like, okay, go do it. So they all, I mean, everybody said they can write something better. They went and picked up their book. They picked up the thesaurus and they left. And I didn't know what happened. I was like, are we going to get paid? Like, I was worried about getting paid. So she, when we were done, the lady said, thank you. you know, she cried. She said, thank you, thank you. Thanks for helping out. And we, we thought we were going to leave with no money. That's how bad it was. She said, can you come back with another, um, another workshop? I said, yeah. Then I know what I was going to do with them. But then I realized, I was like, okay, there's a lot of verses that sound like they have Shakespearean quotes from them. There's a lot of Shakespearean quotes that sound like rappers could say it. So I would just give me give me an example. Um, maybe it's hatred I spew. Maybe it's food for the spirit. That's uh, you know what that is. I, I do, but you tell okay. me. <laughs> that is Eminem uh, from Ren- Renegade. That mm-hmm. sounds like sounds like rap. Um, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. Nas. Um, not a big Nas fan. Sorry, Nas, but, but it said that line right there. I mean. Sleep is the cousin of death. That sounds like they sound Shakespearean. Damn straight, right? So, um, and there's so many uh, idioms like love is blind at the time. Uh, well, Rough Rod, I, I guess I'm calling my age. I was Rough Rod. I'm a big Rough Riders fan. And I never forget. That does not surprise me. Yeah, Rough Riders, DMX, <laughs> yeah. all that. Eve had a song called Love is Blind. I, I'm, I'm very familiar. Love is Blind. Which is one of Shakespeare's as, most as, famous idioms. As we've discussed many times before, my love for DMX is uh, oh yeah, a, un, a, a bottomless. The as dog. It were. Yes, you got. I, I think he raps. No, I think it was a Sesame Street. He 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 he, he raps like a book. He does. Yes, he, I forgot. Is it the Doctor Seuss? I can't remember. It's there there is. It, it was. I believe it was a Doctor Seuss book. I have to double check, but oh, yeah. I think you're right about that. Shout out to my man. The dog. He is. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. All right, continue on. So, yeah, we, I, I, would bring them that, I would bring them different verses from Shakespeare, different lines from Shakespeare and, um, and rappers. And then I, I, I gave them a soliloquy from Merchant of Venice. 
And then I gave them the second verse of Jay-Z, 99 Problems. I had you, them read you, their nursery You had finish. to be, a, I mean, you had to have, if you're doing Merchant, like you're pulling something out of Act 4, I, I was just studying. I honestly, when I found out how to use this thing called Google, <laughs> and, um, you know, figure out what's, you know, what are some Shakespearean, uh, some Shakespearean scenes that are close to hip hop. I would read, I would read the synopsis. If they're talking about oppression, they're talking about love, um, insults. There's a lot of things that happen in rap. So I would just read different pieces. But I was not familiar. I was not familiar with them. I just knew the name of Merchant. Sure, sure. But I was not familiar until I read this piece. I was like, okay. And that's how we, we, so for three weeks, we worked with these students. I was, I would literally meet up with my friend the night before. We would, we would just think about some cool that we would study Shakespeare right there, cram it, write it, write some notes down, and we would bring it to these, these students. And the teacher loved it. But the whole thing, the, the teacher just wanted to get them interested. We did that for three weeks. We got paid $300. <laughs> Oh, geez. So uh, my friend and I, um, we we went to the bar. Of course you did. We split it up. You had a hell of a night. Oh, yeah. Now, this is how the Sonic Man came in. So we, we went to this bar. My friend was DJing. Well, hold on real quick. That is the most Shakespeare and Marlowe thing you could possibly have done is gotten paid and then just went and blew oh, it all yeah. at the bar, right? We, I said, you know what? We're going we gonna to talk about this because I didn't have my degree yet. And the, and the principal came in to watch us. The, everybody came in to talk about talk to us like, this is amazing. How come you're not teaching? I said, yeah, I'm looking for a job. You know, I'm, I'm the one class short. I was one credit short, not a class. You're that guy. Credit. You, liter you literally, like, didn't graduate because of, like, a PE class. Because <laughs> math, some of these have four credits, some have three, some have two and 2.5. Anyway, I'm not going to vent on that. They, uh, so I never forget, I said, I'm one class short. The principal stopped talking to me. Like, she turned her back, walked away. So I said, you know what? We're going to, um, I told my friend, I said, we're going to drink this away. We're going to drink this away. Um, I honestly had a plan to, to go to Florida. I was going to go to Florida and start life over. Why? Because I was, I was stuck in New York. Well, I kind of fast forward a few things, but I was in New York for years. When I moved back to New York to help my brother. No, no, I mean, why would go to Florida? There's dinosaurs oh, there. I've seen sister, Jurassic Park. You don't need to go live there. The whole there. thing, I was, <laughs> I didn't want to live on my mother's couch anymore. Okay. I'm in my 20s, dateless because I'm staying on my mother's couch. Four jobs, still can barely buy a Metro card. <laughs> Florida just, I needed some sun, you know? I needed something new. So that was the, that was the reason. Um, when I we was at this bar drinking, it was that, a lot of friends coming away, and I was a little saucy. Uh, can I say that? Yeah. Oh, this is pocket. Anyway. You can say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> I was drunk. So, yeah, um, a friend of mine. Same who, radio. <laughs> uh, my love, one of my, I call her my sister-in-law, but uh, Melissa, she came to me, and I was so drunk, and I'm so happy that she didn't take it the wrong way, because she said, hey, Devon, I was like, get away from me. I was rapping Shakespeare all week. Leave me alone. <laughs> I literally just, get away from me. I was rapping Shakespeare. I'm trying to drink him out of my system. Get away from me. That's what I told her. And I didn't, little did I know that she was an editor for a guy named R.G. Shaw, who happened to be my manager. He, um, he passed away, unfortunately. But he was, he, he's a Broadway playwright that had a couple of um, plays on Broadway in the 90s. And then he started writing a couple of books. She was the editor for two of his books. When she asked, um, she asked him, what else do you have going on? And he said, um, well, I, I have this project where I'm trying to put Shakespeare's words to rap. I mean, Shakespeare's words to music. I've tried spoken word, jazz, R&B, even British-speaking uh, 
actors. Do you know somebody that can rap Shakespeare? That's what the fact that I said I'm rap. I said I'm rapping. I was rapping Shakespeare. Leave me alone. And this, this girl had to be. She's like five three. That's being generous. She called me when I was my bags were packed, and she said, "Devon, you got to meet this guy named RG." And I almost blew her off. I said, "Nah, I'm not doing it. I'm going to Florida." She called me. She texted me to tell me I need to check RG. I kind of blew her off. She called me. And she's like Kind of cursed me out She said Get your ass down here <laughs> Get your ass down to Manhattan I was like Oh Alright I'm gonna do this And I went to meet uh, Went to meet this guy This 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 uh, Wonderful 70 year old man uh, 60 year old man at the time In a small apartment in Manhattan And he gave me These He said You know We sat and ate pizza He, he gave me the sheets Of sonnets He said Do you think you could rap these sonnets And it's the first time I studied I mean I Heard of Shall I Compete to a summer's day? I did not know. I knew what a sonnet was. Did not know Shakespeare's work. But he gave me a, he gave me a, a big like eight sheets worth of sonnets. I said, "This is a gold mine." I said, "These are. You want me to rap this? You want to pay me to rap this?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "All right. This is easy money." But as an MC, I said, um, "Can I translate this, please? I don't want to just write. I'm not can't rap just this man's stuff. I need to do something because." I'm a writer. He said, "Sure," and he gave me a, he gave me a shot. He he um he gave me a week. Um, I did sign eighteen. I showed him what I could do with sign eighteen. First, I, I showed him what I did with Othello. So don't, sign don't get ahead of yourself. So Sonnet 18 for the people listening. So tell me, you know Sonnet 18, I assume. Yes. At this point, because you are the Sonnet Man. Yes. So tell me, what is Sonnet 18? Sonnet 18 is it's like a pickup line. Shakespeare's comparing somebody. It is. He's comparing somebody <laughs> to a sunny day. Um, what, you want me to recite it? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Rough winds do shake the darling buds of May, and summer's lease hath all too short a date. Sometime too hot the eye of heaven shines, and often is his gold complexion dimmed. And every fair from fair sometime declines, by chance or nature's changing course untrimmed. But thy eternal summer shall not fade, nor lose possession of that fair thou owest, nor shall death brag that wanders in his shade When in eternal lines to time thou growest So long as men can breathe or eyes can see So long lives this and this gives life to thee Sign 18 Alright, so you translate this now I translate that So do you, have a, do you have your translation of it memorized? Yes Let me hear a little bit of that if you don't, if you don't right. mind I do it, I got All you Alright, go ahead All right. Uh, you remind me of the weather in the middle of June So nice, no clouds in the sky It always seems like summer's ending too soon So my limited time, I want to spend it with you Every good thing ends I'm going to pretend that your godly skin won't be gone with the wind The forces of nature could change you Transform an angel to a complete stranger In hindsight, your beauty helps my eyesight So I write insights about your highlights It's written in stone so no one could rewrite Please come and be my sunny delight You're the perfect memory I don't want to throw away I write about your beauty so it never goes away My love is immortal My thoughts are eternal Your looks are forever I wrote it in my journal Sound 18 (laughs) Fantastic. Brooklyn. Yeah. So so this is what you write the first time. First demo was that. Like right Sign, out the gate. Right out the gate. Sign 18 that I um I had a beat for that. I wrote that and then I wrote the the second one. First I had to find a I had to find a rhythm 
But I was like, oh, he already has the rhythm, so I could just find a nice beat that matches his his tone, the tone of the poem, and then I just translated, wrote so, it to that beat. Okay, so you put this stuff together, like I put it together, and all of a sudden now you're the Sonic Man. Like, no, yeah. that, that is yeah. like I want to hear what happens next. Like, oh, what's well, next? <laughs> he uh, he gave me the cassette of the first demo. With all these artists Fantastic He gave me the cassette I, I've never heard it to this day Because I don't have a Walkman I don't have anything <laughs> But I still have it um, He gave me the cassette So Did I've you, never heard it What year was this? Uh, this was This was 2010 This is This man does not own a CD burner? <laughs> He, or, was, he was in his high 60s I'm okay, giving that He was in his high 60s This brother made you a mixtape He gave me a, he gave me a <laughs> tape He gave me a tape I said, like, ooh, okay So I must say When he when he gave it to me He said, do you think you would give me Like a few months You go to the studio every day I said, I'm broke First thing I tell everybody That, that tried to hire me I said, I have no money He I, I told him about my ticket to Florida And lack of money for MetroCard He gave me money for MetroCard He gave me money for my ticket and then I had to call my mother and say, Mom, I think I'm going to use the couch for a couple months, a couple more months. <laughs> and for the next four or five months, um, I included Melissa, who invited her, who introduced us, who was a wonderful singer and a voice coach. And I had a producer that produced my vocabulary work. All four of us, we met three days a week. I, well, the studio, we met three days a week for six months while I met with RG every day. To talk about sonnets. So now I know, like one of the first things I knew about you was that you ended up on the Today Show. The Today Show. So how do you get from that point to the Today okay. Show? So after the project was done, the project was literally just an experiment project. It sure. was something to put under my belt. Something I was like, oh, this would be a perfect demo. I could probably, you know, that's why I'm not going to ask what I was going to do with it. And it was like, this was like a passion project for RG. When we did so it, you were just thinking, I'm going to do this as a one-off, get some studio time. We thought it was going to be a one-off. Sure. We thought it was like, all right. He, he, we threw a couple of shows in Manhattan, but then teachers started coming. Can you come do this? Can you come here and introduce Shakespeare through these performances? Do you think you could do Hamlet? And I would say yes to everything because I needed the money. <laughs> um, as all good working as, artists do. I say yes to everything. People, people ask me all the time. They go, oh, what are you doing? I go, whatever pays. Whatever pays. <laughs> it's like, it's never a lie. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, are you not discerning? I'm like, no, I got a car payment. Yes. I got a house payment. I got to make it happen. <laughs> like, I'm making it happen. Like, I will, I will, you want, you want me to design those lights? I will design the hell exactly. out of those lights. You want me to be on stage? Cool. I'm on top I got of it. You. What? <laughs> You want me behind the stage? I, you want me to bring the stage, make the stage up for you? Sure, I will I'm in. For you, whatever. With, is there a check? <laughs> Do you have the money? That's Thank what you. I'm looking Thank for. Thank you. So, um, yeah, we were doing shows. You know, um, I never we we did one show uh, where there was five people in the band, and it was like only three people in the in the crowd. I've done that show. We almost we almost did not do it because that the the deal is if there's more people in the band in the crowd, you don't do it. Oh no no! I were they paying you? Well, no. Well, then, yeah, then no. that's fine. Yeah. But at the time, we was like, you know what? I'm doing it. It was like, because New York, I love New York, but I have a love-hate relationship with New York. I said, you know, we're going to do it. We're going to rock this out, because this could be our rehearsal, because we've been rehearsing this small little thing. Uh, one of the people that uh, that watched the gig was uh, David Friedman, and he's a, he's a pianist. He actually... Uh, a composer for Mulan, Pocahontas, all those wonderful 90s Disney So I think what shows. you learned is a valuable lesson, which is to say, it doesn't matter how many people are in the audience, you do the damn show every do time. It. Do it. I've done, I have too many, too many show stories to, to, 
Well, count. tell us another one. That's well, what you're here for. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you what Simon. I got, right, I, got, right, I, got right. I got a few other ones. Don't worry. But they, um, yeah, so he, he liked, you know, he liked it. Um, he lived upstairs because it's one of those type of uh, venues. And him and Archie can talk to anybody. Uh, he, he he was able to, you know, connect with anybody. And and he was, he was speaking to him. He actually was friends with David Wilde. So they both had the, David Wilde was the one that created Naughty by Nature's OP. Uh, you dad with OPP? No, Hip Hop Parade. Right, right, right. He was a composer of that. So they both did stuff. They dove, They both did a, a segment on the, the on the Today Show called Everyone Has a Story. And they found out that I did not have my degree yet. And they found out that I left my town. I let, I came back home to help my brother pay for his tuition. So that was so the Sonnet Man was part of the story. Not having my degree was part of the story. And um, the college, me, yeah, me helping my brother was part of the story. You're like an after school special waiting for a place to happen at this point. Like, what a tearjerker. It was, it was, Your life story is going to be really watchable, like way more than mine. Yeah, my memoir is going to be, I can't wait for the memoir. Yeah, mine's, mine's going to be like, and then he played Counter-Strike <laughs> for six months. It was amazing. I'm trying to, I'm going to turn my memoir into a musical. I'm trying, I'm trying. <laughs> I, there's some video games in it. Don't worry. I, I, got, I think I got video games in my bag. Don't worry. The bubble bobble contra that will, I, I stay old school. And then he, he made a check and got so excited. He bought a Pac-Man machine. Oh, That's yes. my life story right there. <laughs> and his wife discerningly looked at the Pac-Man machine. It was like, what the hell are you thinking? Mm. <laughs> so yeah, mine, not as interesting as you, mm. but keep, keep going. Tell me more. Tell me more. So the today's show was cool. It was, this was when, uh, well, the this is when Facebook got global. Uh, Ooh, so we're like right Facebook, around two thousand seven. No, two, no Facebook. Uh, Facebook was only for like colleges and like 20, right, 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 for until sure. like two thousand like nine, ten. Eight, yeah, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's when it got you know everybody can use it. And uh, today's show got a hold of my account, which I never gave to them. Which I don't care. I'm so happy they did it. But they started taking pictures. They started showing pictures of me and my school and saying, "Oh, so you owe money and they you haven't got your degree." Um, the president of my school called me before my segment was even done and was like, Hey, Devon, where have you been? We've been looking for you. It's been eight years. I was chasing them eight years. Could not get in the could not get in touch with anybody. They called me, said, Oh, we've been looking for you. We found this anonymous donor that can help pay your help for you, um, pay your degree. Come up and finish your degree. And that was 2011, January, 2011. And I actually was working in a school at the time, but um, they started New York. Um, that's another story. Um, <laughs> but I began planning to get my degree. I got my degree in the summer, um, August of 2011. Math. So yeah. did the t- Today Show pay for your... No, Today Show did not. The, 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 what the Today Show did, they gave me an H4N um, recorder. And uh, uh, Kathy Lee invited me to record her album record my album in her house but she told me not to bring the hood anymore she said don't bring the hood okay that's why you can't find you can't find a copy of that today's show online yeah it was the biggest awkward laugh probably in america (laughs) i'm pretty sure my like my mother tapped me because it was like it was me rg my mother like three background singers both Davids, Kathy, Hoda. There was like 12 of us and another singer. And she said, don't bring the go hood, okay? Looked at my mother. <laughs> there was like a knee tap. And there was like a big awkward laugh with 13 people behind that couch. 
Good times. Good, Good times. times. Good times. So, uh, yeah. I You're never, like, thanks, Kathy. <laughs> I don't think. Thanks I for ruining my moment, Kathy. I appreciate that. No DVD copies. No none. I don't probably ever. See, I mean, I don't know if I can. I don't even know where it's. You still got pictures though, right? Still. Frames? Oh yeah, I got yeah, my yeah. pictures. I got still frames of you know the big. I got still frames of the awkward laugh. <laughs> right after the awkward laugh. Um, I think Jane Seymour was on that day. She said, "What's up?" I used to have a crush on her, so. Well, she who she didn't? She's super, like, super, like, unbelievably hot. Yeah. Like, yeah, and just gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Even now, I'm like, I'm like, you're like 60, and you're so good looking, it kills me. Oh, I yeah. would fall all over myself just to talk to her, right? Like, if she was walking down the hallway, we would be done with this podcast, and I would be out the, out the room, you know? She was crazy, because I got called from, I was, I got called from the president, then I got called from my professor, the music professor that was helping me, and she's walking toward me, because I've been staring at her, I was like, I was like, did she catch me, did we catch eyes? Like, uh-oh, she caught me staring at her. Let me turn around. She started walking. From her point of view, there's this guy and he's like giving her eye, making kisses and just like, what up? I'm like, mm, damn, mm. she looks good. Like, Pers- person his lips and just like, mm, 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 girl. She came to me, she said, good job. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. So Crush, yeah. Crushing on Jane Seymour. You're all, mm, Dr. Quinn, yeah. you don't even know. You, you don't, don't even, even know. know. Don't even know. Well, so at least we can agree the internet was good for Jade Seymour. All right, let's oh. continue on. So, so you you end up on the Today Show. That's like the the release of the Sonnet Man, right? <laughs> yes. So, where does that lead from there? Um, well, at the time, this one I was I was actually teaching fifth grade, fourth and fifth grade, and I was incorporating vocabulary in there. So, like when we had assemblies, I would we would walk through a chance. Like they would they would scream out who, what, when, where. They would literally do chants while everybody's supposed to be quiet. They, the principal found out I was doing the Sonic Man, and at the time I didn't know what I was. What, I didn't know what was happening, but he tried to get me to write a theater curriculum. He said, "You you should write a theater curriculum." I didn't know anything about theater, especially for young young groups. And he he was like Adam. He said, "You're gonna do it." I don't think he knew who he was talking to, so I put in my notice. My friend booked me a gig in Jamaica. Wait, wait, wait. So the, the, your, your boss is like, hey, I like what you're doing. You should do that. Yeah. And you're like, nah, I ain't doing that. Well, <laughs> screw you. I mean, first off, you're not paying me extra. I, oh, I wasn't on the no, no, I wasn't oh, on well, union. No. So if I lost the day, if I, if I missed out in class, I lost my money anyway. Yeah. So it was like, I wasn't getting any perks from the school. And um, this, this happened in like January. Is this like a general New York problem where everybody wants you to work for free? Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I, one of the reasons why I travel. A lot people think I'm a, I love traveling. I will not change this for the world. But one of the reasons why I like I travel a lot is because I couldn't get any gigs in New York. Really, hundred venues, hundreds of venues. I could not get any gigs in New York. I said, why am I chasing New York? Let me reach out to this random place in Canada. They got me. Stratford in in Ontario. That one, they got me. Oregon Shakespeare, they got me. Why am I chasing? I'm not gonna call out any Shakespeare names, but why I, I was going, I was trying to do local. They would, they wouldn't even answer my emails. So it was like, why am I? And when we threw our shows, we had to, we would fund in ourselves. So like once I, I had uh, RG who invested lots and a stranger that he just randomly met, and then you had me. My, I mean, my school payment wasn't doing anything. But we would like we would throw our own shows, and we were we weren't really making profit, you know. So it was like let's just let's move around. Let's that's what the emails for. That's what the computers for. So. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you you uh, you start booking gigs outside the world. So mm-hmm. what's like 
what's like the first gig? Like, what's the first thing that happens? The first gig I did was uh, the St. Lawrence Shakespeare Festival in uh, Prescott, Ontario. Small town, uh, population of like a thousand, if that. And But they're near Toronto, and I just randomly gave them an email. said, hey, I'm, my name is Devon. Um, I, I do this wonderful thing called <laughs> Sonic Man. Um, I, think, I think your town might like it. And he said, hey... Um, I don't know what, like, what, what you do, but what's uh, that all about? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like oh, paid. take off, eh? <laughs> he said, if I, he said, um, do you think you can take a? Because I, I didn't want to take a small plane, so he said, do you think you could take a train to the bus over here? I said, I will gladly do it. I only got paid, think three hundred for that. But that 300 was life. That was like the 300 I should like put on my wall. Like, like you didn't person. go to the pub right away and drink that 300. Oh, no. Nah. In fact, the the perks were they took me to the pub after. I didn't have to spend any of my money. <laughs> oh, that's the best so kind they of gig. Thanked me. The actors and actresses thanked me for my performance with my drinks. And I left with a $300 profit. And then uh, from there, um, the the second gig that I booked um, was in uh, Stet, The Hague. I went to some website. I went to a website. You went the to web- The Hague just I randomly? The, I went to the website. It was okay. in Dutch. And I had uh, this, the same letter that I sent to Ontario and Stratford in Oregon. I pulled that out and I did Google Translate, sent it to them. They responded to me in Dutch. And it, they, the, the response was, they like what I did. Can you please come? Then I had to confess. I said, yeah, I don't speak any Dutch. And they said that's even better because they have a lot of um, American uh, learning centers. So they brought me to a lot of American schools in that, of The Hague. Um, and then from there, I was like, I'm not even looking in New York anymore. I just was like, where do I want to go? <laughs> Cali. I'm dying to go to Cali. <laughs> Chicago. I just started reaching out to different places. And then I was, I, I mean, from work, from uh, looking for gigs, I realized there's a Shakespeare company in damn near every crevice I, when I found that out, I was like, "Oh my gosh, I, I have, I have this this product." I think, and again, I was trying to get paid, you know. But then when I began working more, you know, when I got asked to do more than the sonnets, it got more creative. I, I look at Shakespeare. I'm a big fan of logic puzzles, and I look at Shakespeare first teaching Shakespeare, like teaching math. That's a puzzle. Trying to break down Shakespeare and translate Shakespeare and put it to music is another logic puzzle. So that was. Kind of what I like, you know, more, more, more projects, more, um, more puzzles to do. To so, uh, so how long have you been doing the Sonnet Man now? I've been doing the Sonnet Man for ten years. Oof. Ten has it been a decade? Wow, it's been a decade. So, yeah. uh, by your estimation, how many states you been to? I've been to, I would say, at least thirty-five. How about how many countries have you been to? Oh, countries to make up. I, I would say at least nine, at and, least nine, ten. And remember, this all started because you wanted to drink some beer. Because <laughs> I wanted to drink some beer. The fact it's still surreal to to this point that I, I wake up and this guy that I used to avoid all the time. I have him tat tatted on my arm. I'm wearing stuff all based about Shakespeare. He's he's created this wonderful career for me. And it's a guy that I used to avoid all the time. You got a website? Sonnetman.com. And I can get merch there? You will be able to get merch in the spring. 
<laughs> All right. Hats and shirts coming soon. Fair enough, man. Yes. Well, uh, Devon, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thanks for coming on the uh, the show with me, having like a little bit of a conversation, yes. and letting us take a peek into your life. Thank you. Appreciate it. All Anytime. Right. Thank you. My Life As is recorded at Inland Blue Studios and is a member of the Nerd Life Crisis Network. Contact the show at nerdlifecrisis at gmail.com. Care of My Life As. Subscribe and download and listen on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcast from. Music for My Life As is composed by Rodrigo Vicente and brought to you by hooksounds.com. This episode of the Nerd Life Crisis Podcast is brought to you by IB Comics. IB Comics, the home of great creator-driven stories for people of all ages, including Legba's Juke Joint. The first book of a nine-book series is available now and tells the story of American music from the blues to the present. The series examines the values of American society and for what we as people are willing to trade our soul. The book has been called Smart and Clever by Mark Wade of The Flash and Superman and Raw, Honest, and Profoundly Human by Stephen Frank, the creator of Silver and the animator on The Iron Giant. The book is available now at www.ibcomics.com. IB Comics, the home of great stories.